Episode 1, Two Kids Catch the Bug. Welcome to Radio War Stories. In every episode, hosts Dave Jagger and Don Nelson reach into their arsenal of decades of radio experience to entertain you with their most amusing, enthralling, and interesting stories. Suit up and get ready for today's episode. My name is Dave Jagger. And I'm Don Nelson. And we are so excited to be with you. We've been planning this for I don't know how long, Don. Long time. Maybe not long enough. Probably (laughs) not. And I I certainly hope we're ready for it. And I think I am. The idea behind what we're going to be doing is kind of giving you a little behind-the-scenes look at uh, some of the stories that happened, not necessarily while we were on the air, which are fun, but more stuff that happened to us because we were in radio and other things. I'm not going to start with a long bio, but Don has a great biography. Go ahead and tell us about your uh, journey in radio. I was lucky, very lucky, because I lived next door to the man who owned the local radio station. And he used to go fishing and take me with him when I was 13 years old. But he always had to stop at the radio station and do something. And I started hanging out. And they decided, hey... Would you like to be our record librarian? And I taught myself how to type with two fingers, and I made three by five file cards at KXRJ in Russellville, Arkansas. I was there for a year, then my folks moved to Jonesboro, Arkansas. I walked in, uh, I'm now 14 years old, and I said to the owner, I want to go to work for you, and he kind of smiled and said, uh, well, how old are you, son? <laughs> <laughs> He said, uh, tell you what, take this uh, script and go in uh, the studio there and uh, we'll give you a little audition. And I started reading a newscast and all of a sudden he shows up and says, can you work 3 to 10? Wow, <laughs> just like that. Age 14, well, he knew I was cheap. All right. <laughs> so Jonesboro is where it all started for me. That was my hometown. Yeah. And interestingly enough, the first four radio stations I worked in Sure, you were not exactly talking metropolis. They were all either 250 or a kilowatt on 1230. All four <laughs> radio stations. And right. <laughs> then when we went to Indianapolis, that was 1430 country. So mm-hmm. we always said 1430 where the music's pretty. <laughs> That's a quick one, Dave. <laughs> How many years in radio all total? Um. 45 years. Wow. Yeah, 45 years in radio. And, and, you know, when I started, the only thing I wanted to do was be a star. Mm -hmm. I I just wanted to be on the radio, and I I had visions of, you know, I'm going to own the world. My mother listened to Arthur Godfrey. Sure. When he was on radio, when he went on television, she stopped because she thought he was not good looking. (laughs) And I have an Arthur Godfrey story down the line. Oh, good. uh, A little further. 45 years in radio, your last market was where? New York, uh, Westwood One's properties, WNEWAM, and WYNYFM. The AM was oldies, and the uh, FM was country, Mm -hmm. and was at that time the most listened to country station in the world. We had a ton of ratings. Uh, Jim Kerr was our morning guy. Jim is still uh, on mornings in New York uh, now for iHeart. But it's uh, kind of from, from... Arkansas to uh, uh, that's a long road to in, New York to, City. Yeah, yeah. Quad Cities, Indianapolis, San Diego, Los Angeles, New York, and here we are in the Big D. 
some of the stories you're going to hear down the road here on the Radio War Stories from Don uh, are some of the most favorite, my most favorite stories I've heard from anybody in radio. And uh, uh, to travel that journey from Jonesboro, Arkansas, end up in New York City as an executive, and later on you'll find out uh, a big shot with CMA as well, the Country Music Association. So that was, that was a phenomenal opportunity because when, when I went to Indianapolis, I'm getting way ahead of myself, but uh, we were trying to figure out what to do because our radio station actually was ninth in an eight-station market. The miscellaneous column had more listeners than we did. Uh, so uh, we ended up, and we'll get into that too, uh, uh, going country, moving uh, ourselves to Nashville, learning how to do it all, and making a lot of mistakes along the way, but having it turn out well in the end. And I was thinking about this uh, before we started, uh, and that was the fact that you never worked in Nashville. Nope. You never worked in the market, the biggest country area. Mm-hmm. Uh, for artists and so forth, and yet you worked all kind of around in yeah. larger markets as well. Uh, you were, spent a lot of time in Nashville in your CMA years, but w- once again, that'll be coming down the road right. as well. Yeah. Truly, that's just a very small taste of what Don has done in his radio career. Me, not so glorified, but I certainly had a great time and and uh, doing what I did. Started in San Antonio on a AC radio station. We almost called it MOR back in those days. Well, San Antonio, of course, was a huge metropolis compared to the towns I started. (laughs) I got lucky there, but I didn't start as young. I had to wait until I was in college before I got my first radio job and then uh, went to Victoria, Texas, which was quite the step down, but I wanted to get into Top 40 radio, and I did that for a few years there. met my wife, Jerry Jarvis. We got married. Uh, moved back to San Antonio, worked for an AC station there, 25 years in West Michigan, uh, in Grand Rapids, where we did a morning show together. Moved to Nashville, uh, Franklin, Tennessee, uh, but not out of that was after radio had kicked us to the curb. So I'm happy to be back here, but the best part is the fruit stand is where Don and I both work, and after hanging out for a while and, and having a good time, we thought this is worth putting down and getting on the internet. So uh, that's my brief story with radio, and I don't have anywhere near as many stories as Don does. There's a picture for this particular episode, and it's Don as a 13-year-old. Is that in Russell? Yeah, that was in Russellville when I was running the Junior High Hit Parade. It was a 30-minute show on Saturday, and that was my very first taste of being on air. Man, I bet you were a big shot in middle school. Oh, man. I took requests, and they handed me notes all, all during the week just to get that done. <laughs> I was on my, on my way to being a superstar. Sure. The teachers were like, Don, <laughs> you sit, can do that after class. Right, sit down and shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing to think that somebody from, Russell, from Jonesboro to Russellville back to Jonesboro uh, uh, had that kind of uh, uh, career uh, ended up going into sales and so forth. I did sales, by the way. Did I tell you that for about a year and a half, yeah, two years? Right, yeah, Worst experience of my life. <laughs> well, I was kind of the opposite. I was at this point, uh, I was, uh, by that time, I was, uh, I left Jonesboro, made the stop in Moberly, Missouri for a year where I got fired because I was always late. And I was at that point uh, 17. And whether or not I showed up for work wasn't a really big deal to me. It turned out to be kind of a big deal. Uh, And the guy who fired me is the guy from Russellville who hired me 
because he had moved up to Moberly and put the station on. But you know, the next guy that I went to work for gave me a slogan that, that I have kept going my entire life. And his line was, if you're early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. If you're late, you're fired. Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> that one wasn't posted in the control room, was it? No, it wasn't, but it was understood. Tell me the story about um, the guy that owned... Oh, Plow yeah, Incorporated. Plow, Plow right, Incorporated. Yeah, right, I right. want to hear that story. Okay, I, I, being a Jonesboro guy, Memphis was the big city. And uh, it was about a 45-minute to an hour drive away. So I got the call to do weekends at Plow's Big Memphis Station. Okay. And WPLO. All right. And I go in, and all over the control room were one-liners because the station was owned by a Plow, Plow Incorporated. Mm -hmm. And the one-liners had to be read between every record. Memphis makes, the world takes, St. Joseph aspirin for children. <laughs> you know, uh, on and on and on. I'd been on the air... Uh, playing some music for about 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. And the hotline rang, and this, this heavily accented voice said, where you come from, boy? <laughs> and I said, sir, he said, where you come from? And I said, Jonesboro, Arkansas. And he said, well, take the next damn bus back to Jonesboro, Arkansas. You don't plug my aspirin. You don't work for me. Wow. And that was the end of my career with Plow Incorporated. <laughs> and somebody came in to replace you? Literally. Uh, 30 minutes later, a guy walked in and said, I'm sorry, got a call from Mr. Plow, and he told me to take over. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> wow. Short-lived career in Memphis. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, it's interesting because Memphis was the uh, the home of the Hotel Peabody. Yeah, sure. And the Peabody's uh, Skyway had big bands uh, that they brought in. Mm -hmm. CBS ran a nightly big band program. They would go from New Orleans to Memphis to New New York or what have you. Yeah. But uh, I there, uh, not even knowing what I had done, ended up working out a trade deal at the age of about 16. Uh, because they said, you know, you, you plug uh, our bands and who we have, and then we'll set you up here. You have no cover charge. Wow. At 16 years old, and you yeah. were living in Jonesboro. Yeah, I was styling up until they said, now, of course, we'll need an affidavit. And I said, uh, okay. Uh, and then I ran out and said, what's, what's an affidavit? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I found out that it was a piece of paper that, that, that swore that you plugged uh, whatever sure. it was. So I went back to our uh, bookkeeper at KBTM in Jonesboro, and I said, what paper do we use for everything? He said, oh, there, it's here in the, in the supply room. Showed me a big box. I just snagged a few of them. <laughs> Wrote something down. Right. And, and uh, there was it, it off. There it was. Our first <laughs> trade deal <laughs> with affidavits. Did the station know you were doing this? No? <laughs> I didn't even know I was doing it. Man, the golden years of radio. <laughs> That's awesome. I could have never gotten away. Now, we used to have a saying, uh, ask for forgiveness later. Go ahead and do it and ask for forgiveness later. We did a lot of that while we were on the air. Um, but uh, that, that's a great Don's got so many more. I wish I had something that was that uplifting and fun. Well, but you, I don't. You started uh, in a, a huge market. What, what did you do? How did you get started? I was in college doing college radio, barely college radio in San Antonio, KSYM, keeping San Antonio's youth. 
miserable, <laughs> is what we used to call it. And because uh, it was, once again, a lot of instrumental, Monovani, and it was worse than middle of the road. It was way down below middle of the road. And uh, low power, 1,000 watt FM, and power was right on top of our fine arts building at uh, San Antonio College. And so I did that, and I had a buddy that uh, worked there with me, Phil Robinson. He was working for KEEZ, Keys FM. And once again, it was an AC station. And so he said, hey, we've got an opening. We need another weekender. Why don't you come down and talk to the PD? And I did, and I got my foot in the door. Uh, And so that's really how my radio career began. As a kid, uh, all I ever wanted to do since about second grade and forward was to be on the air. I had three older sisters. The radio was on constantly in the house. We watched American Bandstand in the afternoons when it was still on a couple of times a week. I had another friend of mine, Mike Maxwell in San Antonio, still there, and he would... uh, uh, take me down to the radio station with his mom. His mom would drive us down there, and we went in and to, to see the guy on the air, and uh, KONO. And uh, so we would stand there and watch for a while. One time, second or third visit, we went down there, and the receptionist forgot about us. We would just walk in and say, "Is it okay if we go see the disc jockey for a few minutes?" Sure. So she would take us back, and we'd stood there in the hallway between the AM and the FM. In total awe. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, and uh, so we stood there one day for probably 45 minutes, and finally the guy on the air just got tired of us gawking at him, I guess. So he came out of the studio, and he disappeared for a minute, and the next thing I know, here comes the receptionist. Boys, I completely forgot you were here. I think you've probably seen enough for today, haven't you? So she escorted us out of the building, and uh, that was the end of that, but that's what got me started in radio about second grade and that's all i've ever wanted to do interestingly enough i hung out at kbtm in jonesboro when i was in sixth grade uh, briefly but it had nothing to do with radio because i was fascinated by a a sixth grade member of our class who was part of the hillbilly band oh yeah and and uh she was the star in the sixth grade, and she was, and I still remember and wonder whatever happened to Little Joycey, Arkansas's favorite songbird. <laughs> but I used to go down my nose on the window oh, watching sure. the band in the studio. Did you have a thing for a little Susie? Um, uh, <clears throat> I wasn't down there, you know, <laughs> learning radio at the time. Right? Yeah, it had nothing to do with radio. Right. <laughs> and it was Joycey. Joycey. Right. Yeah, of course, you can't forget a name like that. No. Ah, fantastic. Well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we haven't rattled on that long, but we wanted to get our feet wet, see what we wanted to do here. We certainly hope you'll uh, contact us. Dave at RadioWarStories.com. It's an actual email address and website. So uh, send us uh, any requests you want. We'll be more than happy to spin your record. Oh, wait a minute. We're not playing records, wait, are wait, we, Don? Right. No, we, we don't we, have any records. We don't have any records. Right. Yeah, okay, well, now we'll try to do what we can here and tell you some great stories about radio. Thank you for listening. Don, we'll see you next time. Looking forward to it. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to Radio War Stories. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Like us on Facebook at Radio War Stories and call in with your questions or comments here or on Skype. Skype at RadioWarStories.com. We look forward to hearing from you. See you next week.